special off-the-books episode of the All the Book Show, recorded at the David A. Hale Public Library, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news. And I said this in the main episode. Yeah, you did. Monday. That's right. But also Spider-Man. Yeah. So what happened is we talked a lot about Spider-Man, Yeah. about all things Spider-Man, and yet we didn't talk about Spider-Man, our favorite Spider-Man yeah, comic. Yeah, we saw the clock running down and thought, well, yeah. we're not going to cram the comic books yeah. into a quick, abridged version. Yeah, no, so, what, folks, what you're listening to now is part three of three yeah. in our uh, Spider-Man our Spider-Man arc. Actually, volume one turned yeah. out to be a clone. Oh, of the, gosh. Of, yes, it was. Yeah. The whole time, so that they were episode trying was to a clone. Say that the All the Book show, starting like at episode 20, yes. has been a clone. A clone. Ugh. I know. Boy. I know. So again, the ill-advised way to go. <laughs> I, I agree with you, but what are you going to do? It's canon. Uh, so again, soundcloud.com slash all the books, iTunes, or anywhere you find your podcast, you can listen to episode 202 of the All the Books show, where we talk about Spider-Man and cartoons. We talk Ooh. about the Spider-Man movies. We talk about our introduction to the character. And then you can listen to part two, where we do a special sit-down interview right. with comic book author Fred Van Lente and dig into his work. And now here we are, Talking the out. three of us... Uh, well, I guess it's just the two. Because when of us we now. did our Batman and our Superman episode, we came with like five favorite stories for each of them. Yeah, and then with like Spider Man, we're just like, I like this game. I know, and I like this movie, <laughs> I and I like this show. But that's I know. because Spider Man has been everywhere. Well, there's no good Superman game. That's first of all. <laughs> that's true. First of all, yeah. Or in a lot of ways, a movie. Yeah. So that's right. <laughs> that's yeah. I mean that that's fair. So anyway, plenty of talk about Spider Man. Uh, we talked all about Fred Van Lanty's runs in Spider Man in the previous Off the Books episode. So I urge you to go and find that. We're going to talk about some other stuff in this episode to get all of our old childhood favorites in. So let's childhood do it. Favorites. Well, I mean, when I guess did you start reading Spider Man comics. I always. Oh, all ever right. Since I was a tiny yeah. little kid. Yeah. My comic book cred is always limited when I say 2000, no. <laughs> but I was 14 okay. in 2000. You know what? You so. you fell so hard for comic books That's that it. I think it evens out. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, all right. I, so how many how many do you have prepared for me today? How many do I have? Yeah. Did you pare it down? I did not. Oh, I've got some. I got some specific runs. The problem is, you know what? I did a I similar thing. I shouldn't have said runs. I'm sorry. I don't okay. have. You the said runs. you have the runs. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's unprofessional. It's I think I mentioned this before. Okay. Uh, but I, I don't think it was a specific episode or anything. Marvel Comics is different from DC Comics in terms of finding published stories because a lot of times DC will put out very good. Yeah non-continuity based stories for yeah. Superman, Batman and the other stuff that you even if they are set con- in continuity in their canon, they don't require you to have been reading these stories. And yeah. Marvel is very episodic it's that complex. Yeah. their their big storylines if they have them tend to be like and that was issue 50 through 62. Yeah. And it's it's a lot harder. There's no like It is. Equivalent to like Batman Year One for yeah. like Spider Man. You just yeah. say read the Stan Lee stuff. Right. So that's that was a problem when we were both like reading a lot of Hulk stories at the same yeah. time. It was like there's no good standalone yeah. Hulk story. Well, and actually that's uh, that was one of the early uh, Fred Van Lente comics that I read was Hulk Season One. Oh yeah. Because when uh, when we put together the graphic novel collection here at the mm-hmm. David A. Howe Public you Library, bought all the season one four years ago was it? Uh, yeah. We were able to you know, isolate DC, like what's a good Batman story? And we yeah. had four or five options. Yeah. What's a good Superman story? We had four or five options. Mm-hmm. Then it was like, well, how do you do an introduction to yeah. like Spider-Man or Dr. Strange? Yeah. And so, and they've rebooted so many times. You exactly. can't even say volume one. So we ended up getting a lot of the, there was a, there was a special series at the time called C- Marvel season one. Yeah. And it was taking the character and stripping them back to basics. So yep. there's a Spider-Man, there's a Dr. Strange, Thor, yeah. Wolverine, Hulk, all that. Yeah. Uh, and Fred had Keep written going. the Hulk one. So Avengers uh-huh. was another one. X-Men. Uh-huh. I Moon Knight? 
There's not a moon. Oh, no, he didn't get a season one. <laughs> There's not a moon night. But yes, yeah, so that that all sort of brings it back around to yeah. it's a little bit more difficult yeah. to zero in on a specific mm-hmm. like here it is my yeah. favorite Spider-Man it's why story. With Marvel comics, you tend to hear a lot of people suggest uh, comics by creators, yes, um, by artist writer combos. People will often just say like, oh, the Stan Lee Ditko run, yeah. the John yeah. Romita. Well, and you see that you see that in the collections with the yeah. like the Hulk is a great example yeah. where it's like. Here's seven volumes of Peter David's Peter Hulk. Peter David's Hulk. Period. Yeah. You know? Yep. And that you see that more and more with the Marvel Visionaries yeah. lines and that sort of thing. But Man, it's complicated. Put a Hulk it's complicated. Movie, so we can do a Hulk spotlight. Yeah. We'll, we'll just the, do that some other one time. One of these days, brother. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do a Hulk spotlight. Uh, we can get Fred to talk to us again. Right. Season one, Hulk season one is kind of a trippy, like weird trippy, take yeah. on, on Hulk. I like it. I'll start because I'm just going to repeat what I said in the our main episode for my first one. Okay. Which Sorry, is everyone. The Stanley. Uh, Stanley's run on Spider-Man, I think, is still uh, pretty stands up pretty well. I would agree with that. It changes uh, a little bit in terms of tone because you get Steve Ditko as the original artist, and it's a bit uh, loopier, a bit more super heroic. And I think it's people generally consider when John Romita comes on to draw, not John Romita Jr., but right. senior, senior, he comes on to draw. It becomes a little bit more soap opery, mm. a little bit more romantic because of just how he draws the yeah. characters. Peter goes. Steve Ditko drew a very scrawny, kind of nerdy Peter Parker. Yeah. But John Romita kind of uh, beefed him up a little bit. He got a little bit more muscular, got a little bit more handsome, and it became much more of a... a more attractive looking book, I think. Yeah. So. Well, the the Ditko stuff, and, mm-hmm. and I'm a fan of the Stanley Steve Ditko, the early yeah. Spider Mans. So this is not a dig, but the but the Ditko art mm-hmm. um, is very static. You yeah. never get a sense of like like these are still images. Yeah. And I think more a more modern style, you feel that mm-hmm. that they're fluid and they're constantly. You moving. can just tell in people's hairstyles, like when you when you read something like and and clothing as well. When you read like Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko art, it has a very like. Uh, a lot of the the super heroic stuff could be very trippy and spacey. Yeah. But when you look at them in their everyday clothes, it's like, have they ever seen a right. teenager or <laughs> yeah. a real person? But yeah. then you read something that's by John Romita or John Byrne or Dave Cockrum, and like the characters look like yeah. they're dressing in real life, and they look like they have hair that's mm-hmm. uh, you know real. And so I think. Uh, well, I, that's I, a big deal. I really think si- '60s Marvel. It was yeah. like, I mean, the the author was yeah. the king. You know what I yep. mean? It was not so much a an equal give and take of mm-hmm. you know art and and story. Yep. It was really like this is what the story mm-hmm. is. Here's here's the space you have right. to you know show Spider Man looking right. pensive. <laughs> so you know it's just a very different thing. But yeah, I, I would say. I would say that um, the Stanleys. I mean, they move a little slow because yeah. they're so text heavy. Yeah. But they are they are a good start. But I think so I always recommend Marvel Masterworks. I think that kind of changes a bit as it goes on because the artists get a little bit more uh, expressive. Yeah. And so maybe even Stan's like, oh, cut out some dialogue yeah. here. Um, and I'm I mean like Stanley from like Amazing Fantasy Amazing Fantasy 15 all the way to like when he leaves that book stays pretty good and mm-hmm. you can definitely tell that like stanley's having fun the entire time he's writing it it's yeah. not something that he's just doing to do and I, I remember it being kind of a big deal for any other user any other writer to use the character spider-man and i think it was uh neil adams or who was the writer neil adams or roy thomas one of them mm-hmm. whichever one's the writer yeah. was the one who used him in x-men mm-hmm. and it was like the first time spider-man had been used Oh, outside, outside of, of Spider-Man, Stan. outside of Stan Lee. Interesting. But those the story. I mean, it, all, most of all his classic villains are introduced in that run. All most of his side characters. There's um, there's some big like 
character moments. I mean, Spider-Man quits being Spider-Man mm-hmm. in that run. Uh, there's big story arcs. I mean, there's Silver Age sensibilities and goofiness, but I feel like... Nothing it, compared to contemporary DC, though. That's Let's probably get that true. out there. But it's, I think it's just a... If you start there, I think you might still keep going. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I well, was 14 when I was picking that up, and I didn't have anything to compare it to. Yeah. So I could see somebody who's maybe read some other stuff. That could be hard to go back to. I but. think what you're saying in the transitions about how you know Stan's pulling back on the on writing a little bit to let mm-hmm. the images speak, I think it's because as as the writing, or uh, sorry, as the art evolved, uh, you know, you were able to see yeah. Spider-Man is nervous. So instead mm-hmm. of Stanley having two sentences on, yeah. gosh, I'm so nervous standing here in the corner today, yeah. you just see it in his face. And yeah. so that, you know, kind of goes hand in hand with the way the story's developed. Yeah. But anyway, yes, I think we're well, both... And he also started getting, you know, busier and busier. So he probably was less... Uh, yeah, that's true. Critical about that's how true. much of his own text gets in there. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think we're both in agreement that the that the early Stanley Spider-Man, like the mm-hmm. Masterworks or however you get them, yeah. is a really solid place to start. Um, the ones that I wanted to focus on today are are much later. Mm-hmm. The ones that I've gravitated towards sure. more as an adult, I think, than than a, a kid or a teenager. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, you know, digging through the quarter bins, it was '70s Spider-Man is where I zeroed in. Okay, I thought that was like. For me, that was just like a really cool run. Like he was a little older. So I was mm-hmm. wearing like turtlenecks and blazers and things. Turtlenecks and, and blazers, just, the epitome you know, of cool. It just had more of a get out I don't of know, here, punk. More of like a, a, I liked the swinging seventies kind of vibe. Yeah. that those that that run had. Seventies so, Marvel gets uh, pretty crazy. I mean, that's where all those monster books oh, yeah. that I was reading. Yeah, it goes in, bananas. So, it yeah. goes off the rails. So as a kid, those were the ones I gravitated yeah. towards. As an adult, I've I've set aside three runs. That I like, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. I don't know how you want to do Nick that. Nick has had to run three times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Genius. I'm just gonna start. Okay, um, I'm gonna pick one that is uh, maybe controversial. Ow, am I? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. And it is the the J. Michael Straczynski run. That's not controversial. It's not. Because when that thing started, that thing was a sales powerhouse. Well, it's and dominated like the new. That was a big deal. And for a while, I think people the quality was pretty consistent. Yeah, I think it's when it, it got off the rails. But go on. Oh, it did. It absolutely did. Well, that's the problem. That's the problem mm-hmm. with any of these. And I don't know how many what issues. Was he, what's his show? It's Babylon. Babylon Five. Babylon yeah. Five. The and, guys are famous. You know, I, I'm not a huge Babylon Five fan, so I can't speak to this much. Nick but. likes Babylon Five more than Star Trek: Next Generation. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Babylon Five. I will say this for it. It is. It is consistent. I mean, JMS had his plan for Babylon Five mm-hmm. from before the pilot was right. aired you know what i mean like these are the five seasons mm-hmm. this is where the story goes so he sets things up in the pilot and, right. and early on in babylon 5 that don't really pay off until the very end so i mean that is just his style hear more about nick's thoughts on <laughs> babylon 5 and his babylon 5 podcast no, babylon party of five you know party is, of babylon 5 that Which is one was it? that is such a good title <laughs> that i might consider that okay Okay, talk about JMS's Spider-Man run. Yes. Okay, so if you're not familiar with this, this is, what, what are we talking, like early 2000s about when this is yeah, going? Yeah, this is, I, uh, yeah, it is early 2000s because they canceled Amazing Spider-Man okay. for a little bit, and the character, I don't remember if they released it right after or gave him a little bit breathing room, because uh, this was before I started reading, but mm-hmm. he basically came on to like a new Amazing Spider-Man run. Okay, so what I'm what I'm really talking about now is mm-hmm. is basically twelve volumes of comic books. <laughs> yeah, you know that that is the with John Romita Jr. Yeah, with John Romita Jr. And we begin with uh, Spider-Man Volume One, Coming Home, and I was pretty ha- consistently happy with this mm-hmm. almost right up until the end when things really start. Yeah. going crazy and then of course it it concludes uh in spider-man 
one more day is that the yeah and that is you know this is just one of those stories that like i started reading this series mm-hmm. and loved it because it does it gets a little mystical at times it tries sure to does. make spider-man's powers like there's a spider totem and yep. he's like tapping into this like spider yeah. power mm-hmm. which i get why people maybe don't like that but i thought the way he handled it was actually really good mm-hmm. peter was on his own again he and With mj kind of split yeah so peter's just kind of doing his own thing solo mm-hmm. and it was a really like Back to basics kind of Spider-Man book uh, with, of course, spider mysticism in there as well. Uh So I started this and just loved it and Mm -hmm. couldn't wait to get the next volume. And I'd always heard that One More Day was terrible. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, you know, it's probably not because I'm liking this so much. Um, I think you can read the first several volumes of this and not Mm -hmm. feel like... Oh, somewhere, somewhere between, somewhere along when he does the other storyline, or mm-hmm. the Gwen Stacy had a secret lover's yes. affair with Norman Osborn. That is awful. That is awful. Yes, um, that's pretty bad. But the, that you're talking late there. You're talking yeah, like volume the eight. Stuff. You know. Yeah. So the first, I say volume well, one through seven, I yeah. think are are pretty solid. Mm-hmm. But um, so I do recommend this arc. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's J. Michael Straczynski's run on Amazing Spider-Man, starting with uh, Volume One, Coming Home, and then going on through One More Day is is just the garbage pail that Marvel you've always been told decided it is. that uh, Peter Parker would be more interesting if he was a single tomcat of a superhero just hanging out, living his life as a bachelor. So they contrived a situation where Aunt May gets shot, and in order to save her life. Peter Parker makes a deal with Mephisto, Marvel's almost devil. Basically the devil. Basically the devil. Yeah. And in exchange for saving Aunt May's life, uh, everyone will forget that he's Spider-Man. And also, him and Mary Jane will have never been married. Yeah. And that makes the devil happy. And Spider-Man yeah. and Mary Jane are like, yeah, let's let's ruin let's it so it. that we were never let's together. So that my 85-year-old aunt can have a couple more years. Yeah, seriously. And But she came it, back as Marissa Tomei. So yeah. maybe in the end, yeah. it was worth it. But <laughs> Darn it, the devil. Yeah. Um, and so that's ba- that was the end of, did JMS write that? No. Okay. That was, uh, Joe Quesada. Let me take a look. Yeah. Okay. I, I think by then he wasn't, he wasn't taking the reins Yeah. He, on that. he, I think his ending stuff was the, uh, well, I mean, Civil he, War he stuff. is, it, it is listed him, him and Joe Quesada are both okay. listed like All right. in big bulk, yeah. but. Oh, that is rough. So this that is rough. This leads into my next one, okay. which is everything that was brand new day on. Okay. So I don't agree with the whole Peter and Mary Jane aren't together anymore, especially because of the devil. Right. But uh, I started reading the brand new day stuff, which happens right after that, where Spider Man is a uh, a single guy again. He's no one knows he's Spider Man anymore. Mm-hmm. Norman o- or Harry Osborn is still alive. And Thank God for it, you, Peter. It wasn't good for a while. There were like five volumes or so that I really didn't like. Um, and then uh, the New Ways to Die story hit. And basically there was like this mandate they had. Writers couldn't use Spider-Man's like established villains. They mm-hmm. had to introduce new characters, both supporting and villain characters. And it's kind of a rough balancing act. And there, I mean, every now and then there was like some good stories in there. But uh, once... The new ways to die came in. They were just brought in the Thunderbolts, which had a lot of Spider-Man villains in there, and it kind of felt like a bigger Spider-Man book. Things got a little bit more chaotic, um, and then Dan Slott started writing a little bit more. Yeah, I've read a bunch of his stuff, and it, it they stopped. They had like eight different writers, and it was a weekly title, mm-hmm. and it, it was definitely like 
kind of all over the place in terms of storylines and everything. But then Dan Slott slowly started like becoming the main writer and it solidified. And basically that kept going and then it became the superior Mm Spider-Man and then Spider-Verse. And it stayed for a while, a very consistent uh, run. And I think I haven't read the worldwide stuff yet where Dan Slott uh, keeps writing it and, Mm -hmm. you know, ending his run. Uh, But that was a, that was some good stuff that I was reading that, my my library in Florida had like the whole series, mm-hmm. so I was reading the stuff on the regular, and it really did feel kind of like uh, old school Marvel comics, where there were a lot of subplots yeah. that weren't being like completed in that volume. They would yeah. carry on right. for a couple for a year or two, and it felt uh, it was refreshingly good long form storytelling, which mm-hmm. comics have kind of shied away from just by reboots and everything. So it was. Uh, it tapped into that thing I like about Spider-Man. Yeah, well, uh, Fred Van Lente's, speaking of, uh, run on that was in the section that you're talking about there. And With he, the multiple writers, yeah. Yes, and he did the, the Red-Headed Stranger mm-hmm. arc, which uh, is, a, is a really cool chameleon story. And chameleon yeah. is one of my favorite Spider-Man yeah. villains. And I don't I, he's not used very often, so I really right. I liked the way that Fred used him in that arc to yep. make him this sort of like... You know, just like a devious guy who's just a normal guy who's yeah. going and just like... He he replaces Peter Parker and basically just screws up his whole life. Yeah. And so it's just it's a fun arc. Yeah. Um, now this isn't planned, but my next one that I want to talk about is worldwide. Spider-Man worldwide. <laughs> That's right. So uh, as Eric said, this is sort of beyond um, beyond is, that arc. This is the stories that start after the Secret Wars reboot, yes. where the whole Marvel universe is like reborn. Yeah. So. And basically, Peter becomes sort of. A little Tony Stark esque in his in his grand like Dan Parker Slott, Industries. He played with that uh, before the Superior Spider Man okay. stuff with Doc Ock, uh, and then I think he had to rebuild again mm-hmm. to it. So yeah, so uh, you know Peter is Peter's like this big, basically celebrity yeah, and traveling you know, around the world, rich, going around the world and doing these different things. He's got a bit of like a spider entourage. Yeah. He's in a fun relationship with Mockingbird, uh, whose huh. whose own whose own title only ran two volumes but was yeah. really well received mm-hmm. um but it's just it's fun it's it's a it i think what dan slot's able to do with this is give you the feel of classic spider-man while introducing mm-hmm. all of these new elements you know he's not in new york he's right. not at the daily bugle he's not with mary jane mm-hmm. he's just out there doing his thing and he's got his like green glow tech suit right which is it's just subdued because I don't always like Spider-Man with a high-powered like tech suit. Right. Um, but I think you know, in worldwide, it's pretty good. Unless he's talking Homecoming. I yeah, I do yeah. like him in Homecoming, but I would have preferred just but that's the Iron Spider suit I from have, Civil War. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. Which actually, I, I had subs- I was. Oh, wait, sub- no, it's not. With the arms, that's later. Yeah, that's, he does get it. Sorry. He does get it eventually. But um, I was actually, I was, uh, I had subscribed to Peter David's Friendly Neighborhood when that was happening. Oh, I was that's reading fun. that like in single issues as yeah. it came out. It was blowing my mind. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that quite a lot too, actually, nice. uh, that Friendly Neighborhood arc. But Spider-Man Worldwide, uh, so far it's up to basically nine volumes and then like some yeah. side stories he just as well. Dan Slott just completed his uh, run on Spider-Man. I think it was like 10 years. It was pretty substantial for like today's... Uh, standards of how long an author oh, stays yeah. on a book, and now he's moved on to Iron Man. Well, I got into I got into Spider Man worldwide when when maybe two, at least the second trade was out. So right. I was kind of catching up a little bit, and I've been surprised when like I'll read one and I'll go and look and be like, oh wow, there is a volume, whatever you mm-hmm. know. I just finished volume seven, which in a lot of ways concludes the story. 
And it, it does have a big change for Peter at that point. But it continues on under the worldwide banner. Uh, and I actually have the next one checked out right now, but I haven't wow. done it. But um, no, I, I kind of took a break in between there. So I've, I've read sections of that middle era in between One More Day and uh, Spider-Man Worldwide. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't feel like starting with Spider-Man Worldwide, number one, I wasn't confused. Sure. I just sort of understood. That was probably that, intentional. You know. Peter has moved on to this next phase, right. but uh, really fun series. Uh, I recommend that. So mm. check it out. Mm. What else you got? Uh, well, I'm not going to talk too much about Ultimate Spider-Man because I did that a lot in the uh, main episode. Though episode that one, 201, everybody. 202. Oh, darn. Yeah, episode 202. 202. You can remember that because Spider-Man the movie came out in 2002. I can remember that. So, uh, But that's a that's a big one. There's a, uh, Spider-Man does have a few like standalone stuff. You can find his... like. We have some in our collection. We have The Birth of Venom, mm-hmm. The Origin of the Hobgoblin. Maximum Carnage is one that I read as a teenager, and I was so excited to read this like huge trade paperback. I remember it costing me a pretty penny because it was a massive paperback because it went on for so long. And I got to tell you, Maximum Carnage, the storyline, not very good. <laughs> Carnage goes loose around New York City, and he has a, a, a sidekick with him who's causing people to like just blow everything up. Okay. And it just becomes so bloated. And if you think Carnage is interesting enough to sustain a storyline for like 20 issues, you're wrong. <laughs> um, hey, you know, I didn't think that. Yeah. Um, when you read like the earlier Venom issues like that you find in Birth of Venom, uh, he is still like incredibly compelling and you kind of see how he like lost some of that mm-hmm. luster as mm-hmm. the 90s went on. But um, Birth of Venom, I had a lot more uh, time for than Maximum Carnage, okay. if you will. Uh, the Another famous like kind of standalone Spider-Man story, which I felt like actually held up was uh, Craven's Last Hunt. So in this story, Craven the Hunter, who spent most of his supervillain life basically trying to hunt Spider-Man as, like, the most dangerous game kind okay. of thing. Interesting. And finally, he captures Spider-Man, buries him alive, wears the Spider-Man suit, and does thing, improves that he's Yowza. a better Spider-Man, and he's beaten Spider-Man, and then he shoots himself dead with a shotgun. Oh. And it's kind of like wow. this... It's it's a darker story. Yes, obviously, it does sound dark. It does but sound dark. it was dark. written that way, and it the mood and everything, it... It still works. It's it feels like more of a mature dark rather than just like an edgy dark that you read in the nineties. Okay. Um, so, also when I was a teenager and I was just finding whatever I could, I found a like the first six issues in trade paperback of Todd McFarlane's Spider Man. Oh. Do you remember this thing? It, this Possibly. Spider Man by Todd McFarlane. We're talking nineties. Yes. Okay. Became the highest selling comic book of all time. Mm. The number one mm-hmm. issue. We're talking Todd McFarlane, creator of Venom, creator of Spawn. Creator of Spawn. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he he got his own Spider-Man book and he drew it and everything. And the six issues is basically Spider-Man. Fi- I can't remember who like the witch character is, but the Ooh. lizard's in there. Okay. And it was vicious and bloody. Wow. But Todd McFarlane's art was very exciting. Uh, it definitely isn't one I think holds up. I I have one that I think but maybe is art from that cool. where. Uh, Dr. Octopus has the tentacles around Spider-Man's necks and, mm, and he's like, right. and it just says, die, die, die. Yeah. On I the think cover that, of yeah, it. that's, yeah. that's from like the return of the Sinister Six okay. era stuff. Cause Todd McFarlane was a Spider-Man artist for a while. And then okay. he got his own book to become like writer mm-hmm. and everything. Yes. Todd McFarlane created Venom and you know, that just became his own thing too. I came across this really unusual collection of Spider-Man stories called Frank Miller's Spider-Man. 
Yeah, I guess he drew him for a while. Yeah, he did. But. He did. He most of them are just issues that he, mm-hmm. you know, was was the was the illustrator for. Right. And there is one or two that he actually wrote. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a, it's an odd collection because yeah. you see like an earlier version of Frank Miller's art that's certainly more mm-hmm. refined, you know, more, more precise yeah. than, than you see in some of his later his the way his styles evolved. Yeah. But um, it's a fun collection because that's actually where he drew Daredevil for the first time. I believe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. and so it's not a very cohesive collection because it jumps around right, a lot. Sure. But what it does, it has a couple of issues of a title that I loved when I was a kid called Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And um, I read that and was like, oh, I got to find the rest of yeah. these issues. So that that was kind of a fun little like side quest yeah. there. Um, 80s Spider-Man is a section. I Just like how I've been rereading the Claremont stuff to catch up with and fill in all the holes I had with that, uh, I need to read a lot of the 80s Spider-Man stuff. Um some books that we have here at the library, which I, I got because I really like them. There's uh, New Ways to Die, which is basically Norman Osborn is now in charge of the Thunderbolts, which mm-hmm. is the government's collection of supervillains who uh, go on you know brutal missions. And this is a time where superheroes are kind of outlawed. This is after the Civil War and everything. The Marvel Civil War, right. not the actual Civil War. Not the classic. And so Norman Osborn six his Thunderbolts on him, which is mm-hmm. like uh, Matt Gargan is wearing the Venom suit. Yeah. Uh, He's got uh, Bullseye pretending to be Hawkeye, and right. they just beat the living crud out of Spider-Man. But it's it's exciting, and there's a there's a fight between Goblin and Spider-Man, which is very like intense. That you like Spider-Man, don't cross that line. <laughs> uh, there's also uh, Ends of the Earth, where Doc Ock shows you just how like da- he Doc Ock is dying at this point. Okay, and he he collects a bunch of Spider-Man's villains, and they just start going against the world and Spider-Man needs to get like the Avengers and it's a big kind of world uh world crossing event and it's it was a lot of fun it was very exciting uh Rhino gets some pretty decent moments Sandman gets some kind of like moments an amazing there. Spider-Man how Rhino yeah. gets a- <laughs> uh so I like uh, uh Ends of the Earth and also Spider-Island was kind of like a big deal that's where oh, everybody that. in Manhattan got Spider-Man powers Ooh, flip uh, that's the Jackal. I know oh. you're a big fan of the Jackal. Sure, yeah. Love, so love, love, love so we jackal. have those. And then also Spider-Verse, which I didn't love, but it's a pretty big... So basically, there are these vampires that feed off of people with Spider-Man that powers. That is not what I thought you were going to say. They they go from reality to reality, basically killing Spider-Man. Is, is Jared Leto with them? No. Okay. No, I, I get where you're going with that. Different. Mor- uh, Morbius is in the story, I think. Oh. But so Jared all these Leto, Spider-Man from all over uh, the different multiverse... Uh, come together to stop them, and so it it's better in its uh, parts than as 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 a whole, and it you know inspired the Into the Spider Verse movie. Yeah, but it's so I guess we have it. We we can thank it for that. Yeah, that's, a, that's um, amazing. But that's that's fun. I don't. I think that's where they introduced Spider Gwen. Okay, and then she got her own title, but I could be wrong about that. Cause no, that I think whole, you're right. I think okay. it's in Spider Verse. Uh, Miles Morales interacts with uh, them. You see Spider Man twenty ninety nine and uh, all of those characters. So okay. I've yeah. never read any Spider-Man 2099. I read like and the first drop volume. Of it. It's it's one of those things that's like I want to. Re- it's not all complete on the Marvel Unlimited app, so I, I haven't read it yet. As mm-hmm. soon as it is, wasn't there a more down. recent version of Spider-Man 2099 in the comics? Yeah, yeah, they gave him another line. Yeah, okay, so I thought so. Spider-Man also got cloned in the 90s. Yeah, and so there's a few. There's like Ben Riley and there's Kane. There's yeah. all these like kind of darker versions right. of Spider-Man who get their own titles every now and then to brush off on nostalgia. Okay. So, uh, huh. any other like big Spider-Man runs for you? Well, there's, there's one that I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. So going, going back to my childhood days, there was did a, you, sorry, but did you read like the Marvel team ups 
they were always Spider-Man teaming up with somebody yeah. else. It yeah. seemed like that'd be a book that you would have liked. I did. I, I liked the Marvel team-ups, and I also always gravitated towards um, the Spider-Man what-ifs. Oh, so yeah. Marvel had a, a long, long-running comic series that was just what if... Mm-hmm. What if Phoenix had lived? You know, what if... Everybody dies. Yeah. What if Spider-Man's parents had lived? Everybody what if dies. Spider-Man was a secret agent? Everybody or what? Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, and so there's a lot of Spider-Man ones of those where it takes yeah. a Spider-Man story and just kind of shifts a piece around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the team-ups and what-ifs were ones that I would always go towards as yeah. well. But those were rarely in the quarter bin. So yeah. I had to really... Yeah. I had to wait until I had a dollar or so to uh, <laughs> spend on those. So a little different story. But uh, there was a series that I liked called, just called Spidey. Oh yeah. So Spider-Man in the in the 70s was on a, a kids show called The Electric Company. Yep. You familiar with this? Yes. And so there was a there was a kind of a, a comic book series that was kind of spinning out of that really. Okay. It was just called Spidey, uh, stylized with a little like spider head mm-hmm. as the dot to the eye and all that. So these were ones I would always pick up in the bins, you know. Uh, in in I think in 2016 it was there was a 12-issue run called Spidey that was kind of calling back to those. Um, puts Peter very young again, kind of mm-hmm. goes through the classic um, origin. That's that's just two volumes, which we do have in our collection here. Mm-hmm. That is, I think, I think now if there was somebody who was uh, interested in Spider-Man, wanting to read about Spider-Man, that is probably what I would hand them. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's just, like, it's funny. Mm-hmm. It captures a lot of the, like, the... The, the realness of the Spider-Man character as we discussed in the in the proper episode. Mm-hmm. But it also, um, you know, is, is exciting and mm-hmm. new. It takes takes those stories and, and puts them in a setting that maintains that classic vibe but also feels really modern, which I think is difficult to do. Right. So there there are two of those. Uh, Spidey, I can't remember. The first one maybe is just called School's Spidey. School's out. Spidey First Day and Spidey After School Special are okay. the two. Oh, okay. Um, those those I really like, and they also have been collected into one trade mm-hmm. um, called Spidey Freshman Year. So that's right. really good. There's a more recent one that you're mentioning called Spidey Schools Out, right? Which is um, done in the same style, but it's a different author and a different tone mm-hmm. and everything. Um, I didn't realize that, so like I saw it, didn't re- I was like, oh mm-hmm. sweet, Volume Three, you know, and I read it and was sorely disappointed. Uh, but those those two volumes of Spidey from 2016, Robbie Thompson's the author on that. I highly recommend those, and I mm-hmm. think that would probably be the the gateway Spider-Man comic that I would hand mm. somebody. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what I would hand somebody Spider-Man-wise. We haven't talked about Spider-Man Blue. Now, I've never read that. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's kind of sad. Okay. I read it at a time where it was a little bit too relatable. I see. Um, but Jeff Loeb and Tim Saul did a run on, spy- on Marvel characters where they took certain Marvel characters early in their career. So they did Daredevil Yellow, Hulk Gray, mm-hmm. and Spider-Man Blue. It's basically... Isn't there a Captain America too? Captain America White. Okay. They're um, basically retelling a certain like Craven the Hunter, Gwen Stacy story. Okay. But it's really Peter remembering uh, up in his attic because he's remembering Gwen Stacy. Who's, see. who's dead. Well, Killed sad. by the Green Goblin. Wow, what, a, what a spoiler that was. Yeah. No, it's all right. Um... So yeah, it's it's a sad story. Okay, but okay, yeah. Uh, is that it for you? Is that your uh, your basic? Anything else you want to get in there? I was gonna say. Otherwise, we're gonna have to do a fourth Spider-Man episode. No, I hold just on. don't know. Okay. Um, so here it is. Uh, one thing I have in my comic book collection, single edition, like single issues ones, is Spider-Man: The Amazing Spider-Man two fifty two, which is. Uh, the first issue after the Secret Wars, mm-hmm. where Spider-Man's wearing his black comic oh, costume, cool. so that's pretty fun. Yeah, and then uh, some of the like other Venom appearances. I was gonna ask you, your like three favorite Spider-Man villains. 
because hmm. Spider-Man has the one rogues gallery that people often like try to compete with Batman. Yeah. And I think Batman's rogues gallery have better personalities. Yeah. Um, but Spider-Man's tend to be a lot more visually dynamic and like they, they have a lot of like energy to them. Okay. So I was just wondering what's your three Spider-Man. Well, films? um, you already said, I mean, yeah, chameleon, chameleon is, is definitely chameleons in there. Yeah. And he, I mean, I know it's the unusual choice, but I just like, some people realize. I mean, I like the different element yeah. that he brings to it, you yeah. know, because he's not a brawler. He's not going to get out there and like punch Spider-Man. In the, yeah. Well, depending on the version, but yeah. you know, oftentimes the chameleon stories are a little like smaller and quieter, and mm-hmm. he's like really manipulating. He's things. Uh, Craven the Hunter's brother-in-law. That's cute. Cousin. That's nice. He's somehow related to Craven. I think. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I guess I don't know how you. I really like the black cat, but it seems like it's been a while since she's actually been like a villain. I, from where I am, because I haven't started worldwide, she Kay. still is back. She's back to being slightly more of a villain. Okay, so maybe I that like black cat a lot. Yeah. I always enjoy like when she shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, then I, I mean, I got to say Doc Ock. Yeah, you know, Doc but, Ock is like it's just a great design. Yeah. So those those mechanical arms and like every incarnation, he's always just like it's just so cool. Yeah. Because those arms can just like move around everywhere, and yeah. it just is a good example of like making Spider-Man have to be super. Yeah, he's an intellectual villain yeah. too. He's on yeah. Spider-Man's level that way, Spider-Man so that has to be fast. That adds an element. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's physical and it's also like mentally challenging yeah. for him, which is good. What about you? Uh, Doc Ock sure. is at number one. I really like uh, the lizard. Okay, but I don't always like when the lizard shows up. Yeah, mainly a spa- Amazing Spider-Man the movie. Yeah, that but, was a swing and a miss. Um, sometimes I I think there's a good balance between making him very vicious, but also not making him so grossly vicious that you don't want to even look at the page. Right. Um, but I I always like when uh, the lizard shows up. He's just like a cool design and everything. I so. I would say my answers are apply for the comics mm-hmm. for the '90s Spider-Man cartoon. Lizard yeah. all the way. Lizard. I love lizard in yeah. that show. Lizards, uh, like the whole the crux of it. Just like if he turns into a lizard, he's gonna terrorize his family. Spider-Man has to save the family yeah. and everything. Like that's just such a like a classic setup. Yeah. I I really dig that. And then I guess I mean Venom when he's a villain. Yeah. But like Black Cat, it's hard to even Venom, know Venom. if it counts anymore yeah. that way. But I've I like right. Venom when Tom he's a bad no. guy. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, I don't know. I've had a partial to Electro as well. I was, I almost said Electro. Even though his costume, that big lightning star I know. mask is yeah. kind of dorky. Sometimes it's, you, somebody draws it. I'm like, okay, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, it kind of works. So, yep. um, and you especially, I remember you saying, you especially love the Jamie Foxx version. No. Oh, you don't like that. Uh, oh. Yeah. For more on that, episode 202. <laughs> but I like I like Mysterio uh, yeah. a lot. As The Stan Lee stuff was pretty cool, and he's yep. got like a great costume. And uh, Scorpion, I feel like, is slightly underused. But um, he's he's really is just like a lesser Doc Ock. Point sure. of order, you have listed every Spider-Man villain now. I didn't talk you about... You didn't say either of the goblins. I don't care about Vulture. Uh, Design-wise... I mean, Keaton made me care, but yeah. that's the only time. Design-wise, I like Hobgoblin a lot, but okay. he's kind of a bland character. Yeah. I've, gr- I've grown to respect Norman Osborn as respect like his him. main villain yeah. more. When yeah. I was a kid, I was like, I don't like him. Yeah. But... Now I'm like, okay, I see where he fits. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, there's char- lesser characters like Shocker and Hydro Man that I'm not like. Oh, I like Hydro Man. Super excited. Yeah. Sandman. What about I, Thomas Hayden Church's Sandman. mopey Sandman? <laughs> oh, my daughter. Yeah, Sandman's always kind of a mopey character. Oh, wow, 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 yeah. wow, wow. Okay. I guess then my third choice 
No, all right. And I like right. the rhino. I know. I know. The yeah, the rhino. Of fun. Yeah, the rhino's fun. But the, 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 we talked about this in episode 202, episode but the Spider Man 2000 game had so many of like his best villains, just like a, a quick tour through all the villains, and they were all like so cool. I just, I really dug that. Yeah. It had some of the voice actors too from shows. Which I like. So look, Spider-Man, I mean, no. we've now done three episodes yeah. in a row on Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So first of all, thank you to any listeners yeah. who followed us along on this journey. Yeah. But I really think it does point out, mm-hmm. or it kind of, it, it heightens my awareness, I guess, of the richness of the Spider-Man yeah. character. Like the way he's... I think Spider-Man, uh, like the Flash and other, and there are other characters like Superman, he would benefit more that these days, I mean, the movies make tons of money, so who cares? Right. But he would benefit more from like a TV show because yeah. he has so many villains, he has so much supporting characters, yeah. and so many like soap opery kind of storylines that he's a character that you need to have like a week by week basis or uh, a more episodic thing because the yeah. movies just cannot cover enough. Yeah. With how many? I mean, you, they always have to pick like, oh, this one will be Liz Allen. I'm like, okay, yeah. but where's all the other characters? So. You know what I've got to I've got to uh, give Marvel props for this because any time you have a, a a new character take over a mantle and DC's like the king of this, mm-hmm. um, I'm rarely interested. I mean, Dick Grayson taking over as Batman, yes, but that's no. because I love Dick Grayson. So I'm really impressed with the way that Marvel has been able to sell the Miles Morales character. Yeah, because he is again. I mean, just like Peter Parker, they they managed to. They managed to make this rich background that makes mm-hmm. you root for him. It makes you interested in what's going on in his life. And, you know, Into the Spider-Verse is a perfect example of this, but you don't feel like you're watching, like, the B Spider-Man. You right. know what I mean? It really feels like they've Spider-Man been able does to have some B-themed villains. Yes, he does. The Hornet. Yes, he does. But I, I just, I'm so impressed with the way that they, they're able to take a character like Spider-Man who has, you know, nearly 60 years... Uh, longevity mm-hmm. and take a character like Miles Morales who's 80 uh, man you're getting 80. old what do you mean 80 years of Marvel no I'm talking about Spider-Man debuted in the 60s yeah it's almost 2020 okay 46 oh son of a gun yeah all right <laughs> um but anyway you have a character who's been like that for so long so to have another character kind of step up and take the mantle of spider-man um they've just been they've just done such an amazing job with that an amazing spider-man oh, job bam, bam, bam. you know so i really uh i really like that i didn't like jason reynolds miles morales book uh, I wasn't what? I wasn't a fan of that. Oh, the I the that novel that is a YA novel that came out a few years oh. back. Oh, I um, I always like it when he shows up. He, he shows Miles shows up a little bit in Worldwide. Um, I've read some of the Amazing Spider-Man. Things. Miles is now because he used to just be in the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, he's yeah, been he made kind of uh, Spider-Man uh, universe proper. Yeah, uh, and of course, I mean, into the Spider Verse. I mean, I love all the different Spider-Mans in that, but I mean, you just are so in with with Miles' journey yeah. as a character that um, I just think. Um, that's a real testament to the writing and the, and the the positive response to the character that they've mm-hmm. been able to do that uh, in such a, such a great way. So, mm-hmm. Miles starts in Ultimate Spider-Man. Is mm-hmm. that right? Uh, Ultimate Universe. Peter Parker dies, mm-hmm. and Miles takes over. And it takes over. And yeah, and then after the big Secret Wars storyline, uh, he's brought into the. Marvel so is it universe. is it that like Miles from another universe comes to our universe? Or I haven't change? read any of the Miles stuff. Okay. post secret wars because a lot of the books i'm still reading are pre-secret wars mm-hmm. so i don't know if they've just been like i've always been here or yeah. if they've been like wow this is so different than the ultimate universe I see. so because i mean i guess i guess in uh of course in spider-verse they're aware mm-hmm. that yeah they're i don't in, know if they've like, they're in a rebooted different location, his story but... and stuff mm-hmm. so 
Okay. There you go. All right. Well, I mean, I think that's probably going to do it on our uh, three-part. Do you want to talk about Spider-Man trading cards? From the nineties? Oh my god. No, gosh. we don't have to. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I loved those cards so much. I you know, you ha- I have to give me this now. They Uh-oh. they would do Spider Man interview cards. Uh huh. Like every once in a while you get like basically a comic and it double sided and it would have Spider Man interviewing one of the classic villains. Mm-hmm. And so he's just, he's got a microphone and he's standing outside Doc Ock's cell and like asking him questions and Doc Ock's not having it. Mm-hmm. But I always loved getting those cards That's in the pack. But yeah, <laughs> I was, I was all about Marvel trading cards back in the day. Yeah. So I thought of it, but I was trying to keep it tight. Okay. No, you, you dragged it out. Sorry, so. man. So good work. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, remember we again. so many Spider-Man comics in our collection. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Thanks in large part to Mr. Eric Nichols. But we do have Spidey. We have Ultimate Spider-Man, several collected arcs. We've got Spider-Man Blue. We've got Spider-Man Season 1. Spider-Gwen. Venom. Spider-Gwen. Venom. Venom. Uh, and and uh, do we have, some, we have some Spider-Man novels, too, over in the... Uh, the J and yep. YA section as yep. well. So you, we definitely have you covered for Spider-Man here at the David A. Howe Public Library. And, of course, your local library can always get them for you as well if mm-hmm. you don't live close to the David A. Howe Public yep. Library. So, again, just a reminder, our first Spider-Man-themed episode is a proper numbered episode <laughs> of the All the Book Show, episode 202, followed up with a great interview with Spider-Man author Fred Van Lenty. And now here we are talking about uh, some of our favorite Spider-Man stories yeah. as well. So, What's your favorite version of the Spider-Man theme song? Is the Michael Bublé version? No. Classic really? 60s show. Oh, geez. Classic I like, 60s I show. I like the Michael Bublé. I do like the Bublé. Yeah, I like the Bublé version. So good. That was one I used to listen to. I'm like, why can't I sing like this mm, specifically? Yeah. So. It's a great theme. Yeah. It's, and that's I'm really glad that Homecoming and Far From Home kind of adopted it. I didn't it hear it at Far well. From Home. Did they not? They used it like they opened Homecoming with yeah. it, which I thought was cool. But Far From Home, I was listening for it. I didn't hear it. Oh, so maybe huh. it's in there, and it's like a little Easter egg. Yeah, it might just a spider be a spider egg. That's what you have to like call Easter eggs in Spider-Man movies. Sp- that's yeah. gross. So Look, it's a it's a spider egg. Ooh, so many spiders in those. <laughs> All right, is that gonna do it? Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I like when sh- he dies alone. No, that's the end of uh, Charlotte's Web. Oh, different spider. Yeah, different, different spider. spider. Okay, all right. That's that's the Debbie Reynolds Spider Man. De- yeah. Spider-Man. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, again, thank you for listening to this uh, three episode journey that we've taken with the character of Spider Man. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us this time. So, do you have any Spider Man words of wisdom that you'd like to end with? Yeah. Uh, if you find that you the power that you have okay. in in your heart yes. or in physically, okay, you have the power. If that is greater than or equal to, that are equal to. Uh, maybe your responsibility. I'm just writing this down. So sometimes you have responsibility, and it's leaving the station at 3 a.m., mm-hmm. and sometimes uh, power is uh-huh. getting out of a cab uh-huh. at 4 a.m. If they meet. You know what? Mm-hmm. I think I can sum this up for you. Go ahead. With great power comes great responsibility. What's that about? <laughs> the end. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. Did you just come up with that? Yeah, I did. I made it up. We should call yeah.